0: Up and declare, God, you're good? Hallelujah. Anybody ever feel that at all? Hallelujah. Praise God. It's, it's a great day to serve the Lord. I want to read one verse, and then you can be seated. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 1. The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, and Carmine, and Hur, and Shobal, that is your word for the night. Let's go to the Lord. Father, lead us and guide us tonight, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. And help us, God, tonight. Because your word, I truly believe, is going to transform us tonight. It's going to redirect us tonight. It's going to stretch us tonight, O oh God. And it's going to change us, O oh God. It's just, we're going to change lanes, Father. We're going to change direction, God. I, I pray, God, that your word goes forth and does what it's set out to do, God, in our lives. In Jesus. Jesus name, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus name, God bless you, turn around, shake somebody's hand and say, I'm one of the sons of Judah, even if you're a daughter, say it, this side over here looks like kind of quiet tonight, I don't know what we're going to have to do. I don't know if we we should we should make we should do something crazy for them. I mean, what 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 do you do? I don't know. But uh, anyway, um, not not tonight. I want to I want to just kind of start by saying that I I have felt I felt like preaching this this morning, and then then the Lord just says, "No, you need Sunday school teachers in this." So, the reason I withheld it this morning is because the Lord wants our teachers in this. And, um, and, and so, last Sunday morning, if you were here, I, I taught on seven different praises. Remember? many of them? Remember any of them? <laughs> Praise God. Sister Jerry Jo took notes. And she's been studying those notes and she's been practicing those notes. And I like that. That takes a person a long ways in their walk with God. Just just saying, just saying. And so anyway, um, so the Lord's been dealing with me with praise. Now, anybody ever just 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 look around and realize that the church today? I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about the church today has a praise problem. The church that we that we are a part of in the 21st century is trying to entertain self, not entertain God. We're trying uh, and I'm not going to buy into that. I'm not going to say we, but the church is trying to say, all right, we want you to come for our entertainment session, not our worship session. And, uh, and so there's a lot of different things that are going on in different places today because everybody is drawn to entertainment. And they're not drawn to worshiping God because if you ask them about the church service that they were just in, they will name just about anything but Jesus. They'll talk to you about just about anything except for the Word of God. They will talk to you about all of the exciting things that happened, but movement of God is not one of those exciting things. I don't know about you, but I want to be apostolic and I want my praise to go forth to Jesus Christ. I don't want my praise to go out to you. I don't want your praise to come to me. I don't want your praise to come to this platform or this platform's praise to come to you. I want all of us together in one mind and in one accord going to Jesus Christ. Because if we're not reaching the throne of God, what are we really doing? Amen. And so one of the things that does set Pentecostals apart, though, is our praise. It's our desire to praise. It's our love for praise. It's our, it's our desire to praise God. It's our, it's our affinity, if you will, to praise. And that's a good thing, amen? Because it used to be people thought we were crazy because we were the praisers. Oh, look at those crazy Pentecostal people. They're praising God, and they're doing all this praise, and they're doing all this praise. And it's amazing to me because people are now making videos of acting just like we do. But they're not praising God. They're selling the video. Buy our latest DVD so you can watch us. How many of you really like to be watched while you're praising God? How many of you praise God so that you can be seen? Anybody here? Anybody, anybody here? I think it's kind of obvious because some of us don't praise God at all because we might be seen. I don't want anybody to see me actually praising God. But our praise is not just a tradition. Now, there is some of that in our praise. Our praise is not just a feeling. Uh, Sometimes we do have that, amen. Uh, Our praise is not just singing, but we definitely do that. Our, Our praise is not just some marked sense of freedom, yet we do have freedom, don't we? We actually sang the song tonight about freedom. Praise God. Now, there's there's something that I want to bring out about this tonight. I want to talk about. I want to preach about the sons of Judah. Now, when you when you start to read the scripture, especially the Chronicles, where I took the text from, if you start to read that, how many of you just really love reading genealogies? You just love watch reading everybody else's family tree. Everybody, nobody. I don't care who begat who and who had who and who uh, I don't I don't care about anybody else's genealogy. But yet there's a reason it's in the Bible. God doesn't just say, "Here, I'm going to bore people for 15 chapters. I'm going to bore them to death." I'm going to put 15 chapters of everybody and their brother and their sister and who is their grandchild for the 10th generation. I'm just going to bore everybody for about 15, 20 chapters, and uh, and and maybe just maybe they'll skip that uh, when they're reading their Bible, or just maybe they'll 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 play that on their uh, on their on their electrical device in the 21st century and just listen to that and just zone out and maybe play a game while that's playing just so they can say they got through the genealogies i doubt god put it there with that intention now the crazy thing is the older you get the more you will be attracted to your own family heritage The older you get, you're going to have kids and and maybe eventually grandkids and, and they're going to ask you about your parents and your grandparents and they're going to ask you about uh, about your your great, 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 great grandparents that you have no idea who in the world, you don't even know if they existed, but you do know they existed because you exist. But you're going to, you're, you're going to, and something inside of you is going to start to say, yeah, that's a good question. I never really thought about that before. I mean, how old were you when you thought about your great, great grandparents? Some of us probably never have. Like, I don't, I don't, why would I think about them? They've been dead for too long. But the older you get, the more you get interested in your genealogy so the lord puts genealogy in the scripture because the older you get in christ the longer you walk with him the more you get interested in the genealogies so if it bores you today just remember it's your family tree too it's not just their family tree "'Tis your relatives as well.'" These are, these are people who've gone before us. These are people who, are, who, who we descend from. So well, I don't descend from the tribe of Judah. You might not descend directly to, from the tribe of Judah, but are you an heir of Abraham's promise? Yeah. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you are an heir of Abraham's promise. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you are an heir to Abraham's promise. Abraham actually begat some folks, and Judah came out of that those folks. Judah's sons came out of those folks now now, when a person has a son, they have a heritage, everybody says, "Well, you got to keep the name going. you got to have a son so you can just keep the name going and and I understand that, and uh and and I, I fully I fully get that. Uh, how, however, it's it's more than just a name. Uh, although it's a great thing to to be born in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. So you can keep that name going. If you've never been born of the water and of the Spirit, if you've never been born again, you've never taken on the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to have a real hard time trying to pass that heritage on to your next generation. It'll die with you. It's amazing to me that I know, I know hundreds of people who have been baptized in Jesus' name, backslid, and tell their children nothing about it. And it has died right there. It's sad. In fact, it's downright sinful. Someday, those kids are going to ask, what meaneth these stones? Mm-hmm. They're going to ask, what does that mean? They're going to ask, what does that mean in the scripture? And, and it, it'd be a bad, bad ordeal for us if our great grandbabies found out about our lifestyle, our apostolic lifestyle, by way of of someone else instead of our own heritage. It'd be pretty bad if someone else passed my lifestyle on to my children instead of me doing it. I have met people Lots of people. I, I I wish I could. I wish I had a count because when you first meet somebody, you just don't think about it, and then after after you meet dozens of them, it starts to disturb you. I have met people that have come into the church and said, you know, my parents or my grandparents used to be apostolic. I don't even know what that means. They. I I read something about about their baptism and they've been baptized in Jesus' name. I don't even know what that means. I've never seen that before. Met dozens of people that have talked to me about a heritage that they found out after their parents or grandparents passed on. Shame on us to not bring forth the sons of Judah. So if you've ever been around a Pentecostal church, which uh, all of you have been for a time, um, you've heard that the name Judah means praise. Uh, If Judah means praise, then what happens when we look at the meaning of some of his sons? Tonight, I truly believe that if we allow the Word of God, if we allow the Word of God to get into our lives, then we're going to have a whole redirection. I truly believe that we will have a total redirection tonight. Uh some some of us it's been an awful long time since we've raised our hands. If you will get involved in the message tonight, you will be able to raise your hands again in praise. Some of us it's been an awful long time since we clapped our hands because we're praising God except for and and, and with the exception of uh, uh every time somebody else gets done with a song. Well, I guess When's the last time you actually broke the chains when you clapped your hands? I believe if we get into the word of God tonight, that we will be able to clap our hands unto the Lord. As the Bible says, oh, clap your hands, all ye people. I believe that some of us that we've been choked and we've been and, and we've had the devil glass grasping our throats for so long and we haven't been able to let out any praise, but we've sure been able to let out our anger. We've been able to scream at other people, but we haven't been able to tell the devil to get back to hell where he belongs. We've been able to holler at others and fight with others, but we haven't been able to bring our praise out of our heart to God. I truly believe that at the end of this message or sometime in the middle of this message, something is going to break if you allow it to. If you allow it to. There has to be sons born. If there are no sons born out of our lives, we're not going to pass on to the next generation what God has intended for us to pass on. How many of you are grateful for salvation? You can, be, you can be a little interactive tonight. It's okay. I know it's Sunday night. I know you're tired, but you shouldn't be too tired. How many of you are actually grateful for salvation? Give God the praise if you're grateful for salvation. If you're grateful that he pulled you out of a devil's hell. If you're grateful that he pulled you out of a pit. And you, you say, well, I, I feel bad. I'm suffocating in my situation. So what? God's going to cleanse you from that tonight if you will let some faith be exercised. Amen? We have to come into the house of God and we have to exercise faith. We have to. We can't just let the preacher do all the exercising of faith for us. We can't let the songs exercise our faith for us. All of that is supposed to work together in the sons of God, in the people of the Lord. All of that is supposed to work together, but the faith that I exercise is in me. It's not in you. So as we begin to analyze these sons, some of us are going to have to bring forth some children tonight and they're going to be children of praise. They're going to be children that adore God. They're going to be children that love the Lord. They're going to be children that are going to break some shackles and drive some pins in the devil's temples. There are going to be some ways for us to get our praise back. If we had children, we're going to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to realize that there's some things that praise can produce. There's times when we just sit back and we say, Well, I don't have this and I don't have that. And I'm struggling with this and I'm beat down with that. And I know all of those things. I can list out just the biggest list. It's just about anybody. But I will not let the devil or the world steal my praise. God is still worthy of praise. I'll never break through if I don't praise him. The first son of Judah, his name is Ferez. Really, it's ferrets, not, not the animal. Pheraz, it means breaking forth. It means breach or breaking forth. It's a Hebrew word that implies a place of victory. I believe that more times than once, the saints of God have walked into the house of God with so much distress, so much discomfort, so much dismay, so much disunity that they literally need to just sit down, get a hold of God, and they need to start praising God until they break forth. They've got to breach the flesh. If we're going to get a hold of God, we've got to breach the flesh. And the flesh is too powerful when we can't praise God. When we are not releasing praise, then the flesh has got a hold of us. When we understand this, when we understand that the only release I'm going to get in the Spirit is when I start to praise God. If I'm going to get a victory, I'm going to have to praise God for it. If I'm going to get a strengthening, if I'm going to love God, if I'm going to get forth, breaking forth, if I'm going to get into the will of God, I have got to go ahead and release praise from myself. I can't wait for somebody else to praise God for me. I can't wait for some anointing to fall on me. I can't wait for a jug of oil to be poured over me. I can't wait for the Spirit of God to zip by me me and give me goosebumps. I've got to break forth on my own. The condition of this praise is this. If you want God to touch you, you've got to first touch him. The devil does not want us to understand this. He doesn't want you to understand it. He doesn't want you to realize that if you break through, then God will break forth. He doesn't want that. He doesn't care how many times you come to church as long as you don't let the anointing break forth in your life. He doesn't care how much you sing as long as you don't let the anointing break forth. He doesn't care how how, how much we preach as long as the anointing doesn't break forth. Jesus scolded. He scolded the Pharisees in Matthew 23. He told them there were nothing but a bunch of whitewashed graves they were dirty cups they're den of vipers and he told them a few other things as well they, they they had their structure they had their nice pretty self they had their self-righteousness they had their laws they had their rules but they had no praise in their action they weren't praising god they were just nice and beautiful and pretty and religious but they weren't praising god i don't want to be like that do you then why don't you just go ahead and give God a little praise? Break forth a little bit. Just break forth a little bit. Just break forth a little bit. Hallelujah. What happens when this is born in our lives? What happens when this happens? When when something like Phares is born into our situation? What happens when I bring forth a Phares? Something starts to tremble. Something starts to break through. Sarah offered up her dried up, her elderly body, and a son broke forth. Moses offered up a rod. It was a staff to lead the sheep, but now all of a sudden a serpent broke forth. Gideon, he offers up 300 men, and all they have is trumpets and pitchers and lamps. And a, a nightmare broke forth. It occurred in the enemy's camp. hundred and twenty thousand Midianite enemies were destroyed. Right. Just imagine in your life if you let something break forth called a pharez. Just imagine if you break forth and you say, Devil, I don't care what you've been saying to me. I don't care what you've been doing to me. Devil, I don't care. I'm going to break forth so I can break out. Samson picks up a jawbone of a donkey. He whips over a thousand Philistines. David picks up a slingshot. He kills a lion. He kills a bear. And finally, he kills a giant. The Bible and even today in the modern church, if you want to call it modern, even in the 21st century, there are examples of people breaking through when they break forth in praise. Would you stand with me right now and would you exercise just a little bit of that? come on church if you need something from the Lord tonight's the night I can destroy the spirit that's attacked us in the last days I can destroy the enemy against my soul if I just break through come on church don't make it pretty make it something that actually says I'm going to break through If I don't know what to do Oh God I look to you Jesus Oh yes Lord Jesus Oh King I'm going to praise you I'm going to praise you Thank you, Thank you, Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Come on, sing it. Sing it. Uh, If I just get myself under control and I just allow myself to praise you, God, if I just let myself praise you. If I get my mind off of all my situation, if I get my mind off of the slurry, oh God, of the world, if I get my mind, oh God, off of all the garbage, if I let my mind, oh God, focus on you, Jesus, I will raise my hands. I will shout to you, Jesus. I will praise you, oh God. I will magnify you, Jesus. I will break through. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody do that right now. Come on. Somebody just give the Lord some praise. Just give the Lord some praise. Don't worry how pretty it is. Why don't you just raise your hand. Why don't you clap your hands like you mean it. Why don't somebody shout hallelujah to Jesus a little bit. Come on church. Come on church. Let's bring forth the son of Judah. Let's let this change us. Let's let this lead us. Let's let this guide us. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I don't want to keep quiet. I don't want to hide in a corner. I do not want to calm down when it comes to praising God. The Bible tells us the Word of God is quick, is powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Does God know that your heart intends praise? He will when you let it out. You can be seated. If you've got to pick up a sword, pick up the sword of the Spirit. There is a serpent that's come for you. There's a serpent that's tried to bite you. Maybe it has bitten you. There's a serpent that needs to be cut down. You don't need to cut down your brother. You don't need to cut down your sister. You need to cut down the serpent. And you need to do it with some breakthrough praise. Hallelujah. You need to let some time. You need to get together with one another every now and then say, hey, I I, I might have had a problem with you, but I'm going to grab your hand and I'm going to dance with with you before the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to worship the Lord Jesus Christ with you. I don't know what Going on. I don't know why there's been a division. I don't know why there's been a problem. I don't know why there's been a struggle. But I do know this the devil is going to get kicked right in the head right now because I'm going to praise God with you. And even if you don't praise God, I'm going to grab you and I'm going to praise God right alongside you. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you just grabbed a hold of somebody and said, hey, let's praise God together? Let's praise God together. We might have come into the house of the Lord with a problem, but we're going to leave here with a solution named Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we're going to break forth, if we're going to break through, we're just going to have to do it. The devil will cause our hands to go still. Sometimes we ask you to raise your hands and you're just going, Oh boy, I can raise them this far. Don't let the devil do that to you. Don't let the devil keep your hands down when you want to put them up. Don't let the devil keep your, keep your mouth closed when you, want to, when you want to let out your worship. Don't let, don't let the instruments that God gave you physically just kind of wither and, and, and die because they're not being used for praise. Hello? Come on. If we want to worship the God, we're going to have to recognize. I might be suffocated by my situation, but I'm still going to worship God. The devil will cause our praise to remain silent. I'm going to kick him. I'm going to do everything I can. The devil will cause our feet that used to praise God to remain stationary. When's the last time you just kind of bounced a little bit? When's the last time you just kind of danced a little bit? When's the last time you just kind of danced on the devil's head? When's the last time you just kind of said, forget it, devil. You're the one that's going to hell. I'm not. When's the last time you actually let the devil know where he belongs and where you belong? We've been born again. We've been pulled out of sin. We are, the, we are the ones that have been given the word of God to bring to other people so that other people can come into this wonderful kingdom. We're not perfect, but we're on our way to Jesus. If we just get our hands up, if we just get our feet moving, if we just shake off the deadness, if something, if we just let something start breaking forth, it'll be amazing that all of a sudden you might think it's a secret. It's not a secret. The devil knows that if you start moving in praise, he's going to be in trouble. That's why he keeps you sitting down. That's why he keeps you folding your hands instead of throwing your hands up. That's why he keeps you with a sore throat instead of letting your voice out to Jesus. Jesus, if you'll break through, then God will break forth. I want to have a phares in my life. I want to have a phares in my heritage. I want a Pharisee to come forth from me. I am not just going to sit back and just let somebody else have one of these sons. I'm going to have a son. I'm going to break forth. Hallelujah. The second son that the Bible mentioned his name is Hezron. Second one of Judah's sons name is Hezron it means courtyard it's, a, it, it's, a, it's basically a, a city surrounded with walls um, now if, if, if you recall the, the Old Testament tabernacle uh, the tabernacle itself everybody, everybody puts up a picture of the tabernacle they put up these great big curtains all around and then there's this little tiny tent right in the middle of it and they say well that's, you know, that, that's the tabernacle um, the tabernacle itself was that little bitty building that, in the middle of it the, the rest of it was called a courtyard and those, those walls those curtains that went up were the walls. They were the boundaries. They were the protection, if you will. Uh, that was a, that, what they had to do in that courtyard. They had business in that courtyard. I don't know if you recognize it or not, but they had, there was a buffer between, between the camp and the courtyard. That, that buffer was that curtain. There was a buffer there. Uh, if you were outside in the camp, you couldn't see what was going on in the courtyard. If you were in the courtyard, you couldn't see what was going on in the camp. What was going on in the camp? Not a hard question. What was going on in the camp? What do you think was going on in the camp? In the camp. Living. That's all they did is live in the camp, right? (laughs) Everybody's looking at me like, what answer does he want? They lived in the camp. That was their day-to-day life outside the walls in the camp. That was it. It wasn't a big, big to do. wasn't a big to da wasn't anything major, or massive. However, outside there, in their life, was their home, and was their family members, and was their extended family members. They had to live among their tribe. They had to live among their crazy kids. They had to live among all their goats and their sheep and their cattle and everything else. They had to live. They had to live basically their life. And, and but once they got inside that curtain, once they got in that courtyard, the mindset changed. The whole mindset changed because now there was a buffer. Now there was something that said, I am not there right now. I am here right now. Anybody with me yet? I am not dealing with everything at home right now. I'm dealing with everything right here in the house of God right now. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow at this point I am inside the courtyard right now I am protected in the courtyard from all the stuff that's happening at home anybody ever feel that way when you come to church that as long as you stay in the church everything going on at home you just don't have to worry about it now when I walk outside and I open that door and I go out in that parking lot now I'm outside of the sanctuary if you will I'm outside of the walls of protection and I I got to go right back to the life that's going on at home. Hello. Hello. Some of us get so frustrated by things that are going on outside the house of God. Some of us are so overwhelmed by stuff that's going on outside the curtain, if you will. Some of us are just having just a difficult time. We've got bills that are piled up. We've got uh, we we've got uh, kids that are going crazy. We've got marriages falling apart. We've got all kinds of things that are going on at home. But all we want to do is get in the house of God because in the house of God, I don't have to think about the stuff going on. I'm protected by the walls. I'm protected by by the curtains i'm protected in the courtyard i don't have to worry about all the stuff out there just get me to the courtyard the great thing about the courtyard is that is where repentance happened that's what happened in the courtyard. Repentance happened in the courtyard. They would bring their sacrifice. Be a little sheep with me right now. Come on. Come on. Well, nobody's going to cut your throat or anything. But they would bring their, th- their sacrifice in. And they would call the priest. Calvin, come be a priest with me. Come on. Uh, he, no, Don't worry. I'm not going to give him a knife. <clears throat> but uh, they'd bring the priest. And they would bring their sacrifice to the priest. And they'd tell the priest, this is my problem. And this is my sacrifice. And then they would stand back. And they would let the priest go ahead and slaughter the sacrifice let the blood spill out over the altar pray for that person and that person would walk away feeling great but they didn't just walk out and say well i guess i have to go live outside the walls again no they hung around in the courtyard because they would get there sometimes early in the morning with their sacrifice and they would have to hold that sacrifice they couldn't just say well i'm going to let my sacrifice run around because we have We've got walls up so i'm just gonna let them run around nope they would hold that sacrifice until the priest was ready there'd be a long line every day sun up to sundown they would be given sacrifices so if i got there in the morning but there was yet 25 or 30 people ahead of me you went through the whole process of sacrificing for every single one you didn't just say well let's just let's just take care of all of them right now let's do, let's do a mass sacrifice everybody get your animal everybody get your knife everybody them that critter everybody bring it right now they didn't do that no they did it individually individually so so sometimes i get there in the morning and you it could be noon sometimes and i had to hold my sacrifice i couldn't let go of my sacrifice because you know what happened when i let go of my sacrifice it could easily become somebody else's sacrifice somebody else could come along And steal my sacrifice. Somebody else come along and say, hey, here's my sacrifice. Priest Oliver, whoever you are, take my sacrifice while the other person is wandering around trying to find a sacrifice. The Bible says we bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. If I don't hold my sacrifice up until I bring it to Jesus if I don't hang on to my sacrifice until I bring it to Jesus, it can quickly become your sacrifice. And I am left watching everybody else. Praise God. I'm left watching everybody else get their blessing because I didn't bring my sacrifice into the house of the Lord. I got it there, but then I let something distract me. I let something frustrate me. I let anti-social media get a hold of me. I let something else do it. So now, my sacrifice of praise is lost. Somebody else is going to praise God. Don't worry. Somebody else will praise God, even if you don't. Somebody else will bring their sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Even if you don't. Somebody else will be blessed. Somebody else will have a great Monday. Even when yours isn't. Somebody else will have freedom. Even when you chose not to. Somebody else will have peace. Even while your storm continues to to, to mess up your brain. Somebody else will have the joy of the Lord. While you have left your sacrifice. Outside the house of the Lord. I'm not bringing my praise to church. I'm just they're they're just lucky I show up. I'm not here because I want to be. I'm here because Mama told me I have to be. I got my own friends. We're all going to hell together, but I want them to be saved. But I can't. I can't tell them about this Jesus that I serve, because we're having too much fun right now. I'd rather give my praise to the world than bring my praise to Jesus. Because praising Jesus at times is a sacrifice. But if I bring my sacrifice of praise to the house of the Lord, guess what I get? Protection. Those walls are walls of protection. Well, you don't know what I'm dealing with. No, no, I don't. Don't know what you're dealing with. But you don't know what I deal with either. All I know is if I withhold my praise, if I don't get into the house of God, if I don't get into the the courtyard, If I don't get into the courtyard where repentance is going to happen, where a sacrifice of praise can happen, where protection is offered to me, if I don't get in there, I'm never going to get into the inner chambers with the Lord. I know that if I don't get into the walls of protection, I'm not going to get into the holy of holies. I know that if I don't allow God to protect me, if I don't allow God to. To do something in my life. If I. If I hold off. Hold out or hold off my praise. Some people are facing some scary things. Some very unnerving things. Some people are facing. Facing distress in their life. Like they've never had before in their life. Some people are are facing decisions in their life. That they've never had to make before. I understand that. But if we withhold our praise from God. We're never going to have the protection. And the security. That comes. With Jesus Christ. The mistake. The mistake. That hell made with the three Hebrew children. Is putting them in the fire together. Hell's mistake right now. Is letting you come to the house of God. With someone else. When we can come into the house of God with someone else. What Bible, didn't the Bible tell us, doesn't it tell us that, that where two or three are gathered together? <laughs> kind of crazy, huh? It could be a fiery furnace, but if two or three of us are in it together, hallelujah, Jesus is going to show up. Walls of flames all around. But if we just start to praise God, he's going to show up right in the middle of our fiery trial. what we perceive as a place of danger. God says it's a place of protection. You might think a fiery trial is a place of danger, but if you get in there with somebody else and you get in there with another believer, if two or three of you are going through it together, it's not going to be a place of danger. It's going to be a place of protection. They came out of that fiery furnace without even the smell of smoke on them when they went in there, they all went in together and they walked through it together and they walked out of it together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You might think you can deal with stuff on your own, but if you isolate yourself, you're not going to get anywhere with Jesus. You don't have to tell every little detail, but say, "Hey, I'm going through a furnace right now. Are you willing to get in there with me and start praising God? Are you willing to get in there with me and start worshiping God?" Some people aren't willing to get in the furnace with you. I understand that. Some people are just—they're they're just standing on the edge, feeling the heat, and saying, "I—I I don't think. No, don't think I'm willing to do it." But if you You can find a brother or sister that's willing to say i'll worship god with you i'll hold on to god with you i'll hold on to jesus with you you just watch because it won't be too long you'll come out of that fiery furnace and and the enemy that threw you in there is going to be the one that gets destroyed mountaintop covered with the enemies of the of god the prophets of baal Looked like a place Elijah could have been destroyed very easily. They could have killed him very easily. But he's up there with God and he's up there with a few people that are willing to work alongside him and build an altar and put some water there and cut up the sacrifices and put them on there. And he's the one that's doing the prayer, but they're they're right in the mix with him. They're out there doing it with him. They're, they're doing it with him. They're not they're not saying, Well, we're not going to do this because look at all these crazy prophets of Baal. They're going to kill us. No, they're there. They're pouring the water. They're cutting up the sacrifice. They're rebuilding the altar. They're doing everything they can. Elijah looked at it. He could have said this is a place where i'm going to die right here i'm going to die on this altar but he didn't die on that altar did it that place was a place of protection because where two or three were gathered together it was a victory for elijah but it was a bigger victory for jesus a city surrounded by an enemy army called Dothan, uh, a place of protection and a victory for Elisha and his servant. Uh, now, Elisha, he prayed that his servant's eyes would be open. He, he, he wanted them in, in 2 Kings 6, chapter 6 to read, read the story. And Elijah says, I want, them to, I want them to be able to see what's going on. And their eyes were open and they saw the angelic hosts all surrounding that place. And Elisha's just sitting back saying, see, we are not alone. Sennacherib, horrible king going to invade Judah, going to kill Hezekiah and Isaiah and the inhabitants. Judah becomes a place of protection. Now, we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. I can't preach that tonight. Uh, but What praise produces, what Judah produces, what praise produces, I'm talking about your praise, not my praise, not the person next to you's praise. I'm talking about your praise. What it is going to produce is it's going to produce a protection in your life. I can't praise God right now. You can when you tell the devil to get off your back. It might not be the praise that you're used to. It might not be the praise that tickles you. It might not be the praise that, you, that, that used to make you jump and run and dance and holler. But it's going to get there. It'll get there if you just start letting it out a little at a time you start letting it out just let it out and it'll get there if, if god is going to give us a breakthrough when we break forth and uh, break forth in phares he's going to give you a place of protection in hezron we need to have a hezron do you have a song about that stand would you and just start giving some god some praise Doesn't that be boisterous? Doesn't that be loud? Doesn't that be screaming? Doesn't that be crazy? Just let it be a place that says, I'm coming in, Lord. I'm coming into your house, God. I'm coming in broken. I'm coming in bruised. I'm coming in struggling. I'm coming in confused. But I'm coming into your house, Jesus. I'm coming into your presence, Lord. Lord. I'm struggling with something, Jesus, but I'm coming in. I'm going to make it out of my house, and I'm going to make it into yours, Jesus. I've got to have a buffer between me and the problem. I've got to have a sanctuary. I've got to have a place where I can let out some praise to you, Jesus. i got to have a place where it's safe to call on the name of Jesus. Grab a hold of your brother and sister. Raise their hand up toward heaven with you. Say, God, I'm going to praise you with my brother. I'm going to praise you with my sister. Come on, grab your brother and sister right now. Everybody, just reach over to the person next to you. Grab their hand and lift it up to heaven. Lift it up to heaven and say, Lord, we're in your house. We're in your house. We're gonna let some praise out. We're gonna to bind together Jesus. We're gonna to walk together with you Jesus. We're gonna get through this Lord. We're gonna make it king. All I can do is make it to the house of God. I need to praise Him while I'm there. If I'm ever going to be protected by Jesus, I'm going to have to praise my way into protection. I need You to protect my mind, oh God, so I'll praise You. I'll read Your Word. I'll quote Your Word. I'll pray Your Word. Father, protect me. I'll praise You. Hallelujah. When I get to the house of God, I better bring a sacrifice of praise because I don't want somebody else to be the only one in the house with a sacrifice. I want to be there with a sacrifice. Can you say amen? You can be seated. Judah's third son mentioned in our text. His name was Carmi. The name means gardener of a vineyard. Gardener of a vineyard becomes praise becomes a place for growth and production for us. Anybody here plant a garden this year? One of the greatest, greatest things about being a farm kid is planting. Loved, I loved planting because then I would just sit and sometimes I would just, I'd drive by or I'd walk out in the field just waiting for. Something to spring forth and sprout out, and it just just seeing that, just seeing that new growth just break through the soil. Just I don't know, it's just something that gets in you. I planted a few little things here this year, and I just every day I go out there and I just like a little kid. I'm just waiting for them to break forth, just waiting for them to start sprouting. There's new growth. I love it. I get excited about it. I get excited about seeing growth and production. Anybody else? If you will praise God, your faith will grow. Your faith starts to grow when you start praising God. If you start to praise God, it helps your devotion grow. It's amazing people... People that show up for church one hour a week and their life never changes and they say what what you guys you guys always seem to be you guys always you, I don't know I don't know what can you teach me something about about church and about God and stuff because I go to church and I don't get anything out of it and, and, and I wonder, yeah well if, I, if if I only had a couple raindrops every week I wouldn't grow either and lived under a cloud the rest of the week. How, how am I going to fall in love with the Word of God if all I hear is just a couple words from it every week? <clears throat> how am I going to fall in love with the God of the Word if, if I don't praise Him? Hello. <clears throat> you know, the amazing thing is, people that praise God tend to fall in love with Him yeah. because when they start praising Him, they don't see anything bad about Him, which there isn't anyway. Bible says God is good. people that start to praise him start to start to look at, 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 at everything that's great and wonderful about him they start to praise him and and their faith grows and their devotion to him grows and and it'll help us in our consistency in our walk with god uh, some people are on a roller coaster lifestyle with the lord and i understand that because you go through times in your in your life that you you, you go through a roller coaster I, I get that i i fully understand that life has its ups and life has its downs you can say amen to that that because it's true Um, you have struggles and you have times when you just feel perfectly great Um, right now this time of the year people uh, with spring allergies are just about as miserable as you can be in the fall when when other people have fall allergies those with spring allergies are going to say man I feel real good I'm sorry for you but they feel great some some people they go through different times and different seasons and and they they know that some particular season is coming and they brace themselves for it because they just know it's going to be a bad one it's going to be miserable but they've lived through it a few times so they just continue to live through it hallelujah and, and they just continue to recognize i'll just I, i'll just function i'll just make it uh, it's not like i haven't been here before i think it's kind of amazing mothers that have one child and they want to do it again like wow okay not right away (laughs) but it kind of goes along the same kind of lines if you start to walk with god consistently you will have a consistent walk with god Duh, right? Uh, if we praise God, it helps us in our knowledge of truth to grow. If we start praising God, it'll help our determination to grow. We start praising God and all of a sudden it says, I'm determined. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep do- doing this. I'm going to keep growing. Anybody here ever start an exercise regimen? And anybody quit and try to restart it? And then you quit sooner? Like, I'm not doing this. Uh-uh. Brother Meyer, you were in the military. My brother spent 22 years in the Navy. He got out of the Navy. He decided, I'm not running another mile of my life. He literally gained 150 pounds the first year out of the military. I am not kidding you. Because he decided, I'm not running again. I ran for 22 years for these people. I'm not running again. And he quit. And about as far as he runs right now is to the table. It's like you, you, you go so long and you're like, I don't see the benefit of this. I don't, I just, I, I'm, I'm just done. I'm done with this. I just don't think, uh, uh, I'm no, I'm not going to do this. It's kind of funny because, because our metabolism runs real good for us until we're about 30 years old. And then it decides, it's slowing down. It says, "Uh, uh-uh, I've been running for 30 years, pal. I'm not running any longer. You start running. <laughs> you have different chemicals in your body. And Sister Meyer, you could probably attest to this a whole lot more than me. I don't know medicine. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> but you have different chemicals in your body that grow till you're about 40 years old. And then after that, it starts depleting. It just kind of says, I'm done. I- I- I've hit my peak. I'm done. <whistles> done. Now you take care of yourself. I've taken care of you for 40 years. You start taking care of yourself there's a lot a lot of different things that 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 happen in us and but, but praise can never be like that when we start praising god it's going to continue to motivate us to praise god more and more and more and more and more i watch people how how, how they, they 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 skip one church service and then it's easier to skip another and that's easier to skip another it's easier to skip another because when they're in church they're giving everything they can to jesus and then and then all of a sudden they find oh, i've got this and i've got that that and i think i can skip church tonight because i've got to i, I got to do this and i've got to do that and and pretty soon it's like ever don't worry you skip church something else will take up your time yeah. guaranteed something will always be there taking your time say well i've got so many things to do you're always going to have so many things to do don't don't worry about it yeah. you've got 1440 minutes every day and every minute counts Make account for Jesus the bed bound man at the pool of Bethesda strength started to infuse his body and and, and all of a sudden he could carry his bed and walk because he started praising God the man born blind sight came and he could see where he wanted to go the man with the withered hand muscles and bones begin to move in concert together and and this could lead him to a place of strength the empty nets that were suddenly cast to the other side suddenly they're filled and and with uh, what, what was empty now had value the dead daughter of Jairus raised from the dead what was dead is now filled with life every single one of these situations the miracle produced strength spiritual growth always leads to more spiritual freedom and that is what happens to us when we begin to praise God it starts to grow us and it starts to give us freedom and it starts to lead our lives hallelujah what is somebody going to think if they see me worshiping like that Mm hmm I can't let anybody see me worshiping like that. I remember when I first came in the church. Maybe you remember when you first came in the church. I remember when I first came in church, I saw those crazy worshipers and I thought, wow, man, I I don't think I could ever do that. And it held me back. It did. It held me back. I wanted to go to the altar, and I wanted the Holy Ghost real bad, but I didn't want to act like they acted. They were weird people. They were jumping around. They were clapping their hands. They were screaming. They were howling. I didn't mind the talking in tongues part. I thought that was pretty cool, but I didn't want to act like they acted. (laughs) Somebody might see me. And then it dawned on me one day, Sister Jerry Jo, when I was in the world, I didn't care who saw me. I didn't care who saw me. I would act a total fool when I was in the world, and I didn't care who saw me. I could act like an idiot in school, and I didn't care. I could act like a stupid moron all day long, and I didn't didn't care who saw me. And it started to bother me, Sheila. It started to really eat at me because I was worried about what people were going to think of me while I was praising God. But when I was acting like a stupid devil, I didn't care started to bother me. I didn't tell anybody, but it bothered me. Now remember the 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 night that I received the Holy Ghost, the craziest thing happened. I stood there at the altar. I wanted the Holy Ghost. I stood there at the altar. I wasn't acting like I wanted to. I wasn't praising God like I wanted to. I was just kind of standing there waiting for waiting for, you know, the the calm me, now the new me. To receive the spirit of God. And I, I didn't mind talking in tongues. And I, 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 I wouldn't mind raising my hands a little bit. But I didn't want to act crazy. And and I stood there. And I was getting so upset. Because I wasn't getting the Holy Ghost. Well who's going to get the Holy Ghost. Just standing there looking like a bum. But uh, but anyway I, I just stood there. And I wasn't getting the Holy Ghost. And I wasn't praying. I was just kind of whispering. You know. I was just, just trying to be calm about it. And, uh, and my pastor's wife walks by. Sweet, sweet Sister Green walks by me. She says, Mark, you know what you want to do. Just do it. Now, she said it in the Holy Ghost. She didn't say it with anger. She was mad at the devil, though. And she just the sweetest gal, prettiest lady. And I just loved her so much. And I just kind of looked at her like, I do know what I want to do. And something hit me and I said, forget this, I am going to do what I want to do. And I raised my hands up, and I started shouting hallelujah, and I started praising God. And I started giving God glory like I really wanted to do, but I was too scared to do. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Boom! Filled me with the Holy Ghost right there. And the only thing I can remember about that whole night, that whole night, the only thing I remember, is Sister Green walking up and pointing her finger at me and hollering, You know what you want to do. Just do it. And I did. I was like, yes, ma'am. I'm going to praise God. And I started praising God. And from that day on, I have never really been too quiet about praise. Because it's what gave me life. It's what got me through. It's what gave me a brand new spirit. It's what I didn't care at that point. I didn't care who saw me do what, I just went ahead and praised him. It didn't matter. Uh, People are coming to church and they're watching me, like, Whoa, this kid's crazy! Whoa, okay, and I didn't care. I just kept praising God. I kept praising God because that's what got my breakthrough. That's what took me to the place I needed to go with Jesus Christ, and I recognized real quick if I'm going to get anything from God I better be giving everything to God this is a Pentecostal church worship is acceptable here This is an apostolic realm. Praise is invited here. You are more than welcome to get loud here. You're more than welcome to get just a little bit crazy if you have to and start giving God some glory and some praise. I remember walking into that first Pentecostal service. I remember it was kind of crazy, but there was something fresh and there was something free about it. I remember walking in there and I remember sitting down and saying, well, I don't have to worry about saying amen around here i wasn't an amen sayer anyway but i didn't have to worry about it around here only thing i had to worry about is staying away from sister towers because sister towers carried a switch to church and she had her two rows of children and i remember getting there just about the same time sister towers got to church one time and I, I started to laugh because Sister Towers gets out of the gets out of her car, her van, her bus. She's got nine kids, I think, and she gets out of her bus and she goes right to the tree line, and she's got about three of them all with one hand. She goes right to the tree line. She rips a switch off the tree and she walks into church and I'm sitting there laughing. I'm thinking I'd be scared if I were those kids. I'd be so scared. And she brought them right up to the front. And if they mouthed off, if they did any kind of noise at all, it didn't matter. If they did anything other than just sit there, they stood when we were singing and they sat any other time and they didn't say anything else because sister towers would be waving that switch around worshiping God. And if she heard Pip squeak over here, she'd crank her and that whap, whap, whap and go right back to worshiping God. And that child just <laughs> And I'll tell you what as far as I know every one of them are serving God today. I don't know if they're carrying switches to church but they're serving God. I highly doubt they're sitting with a tablet in church because Sister Towers would probably knock that thing right out of them. I don't think they're doing anti-social media in church. I kind of have a feeling that they're not sitting around, just horsing around, playing coloring books and toys and tractors and cars and all that stuff. I kind of think that they're somewhere sitting in the house of God, paying attention and giving praise to God. They, they might still have these nightmares of mama holding a switch, but they're going to give their praise to Jesus. I remember as they entered into the youth class, they were some of the strongest kids worshiping God. You didn't stop them from worshiping God because they knew when to worship and they they knew when to stop. They, it's kind of like that old gambler song. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. There was no horsing around around Sister Towers. Uh-uh. She had a switch. And I think every kid in that church was scared of her switch, although she didn't use it on every other kid. She had nine of her own. She used it pretty, pretty efficiently there. Everybody else was like, uh-uh, I'll just send you up to Sister Towers. You just shush. I'll send you to Sister Towers. (laughs) It was something that gave you just a little bit of thrill at the time. You you, kind of laughed a little bit at it. And then you got to thinking, but look at them kids. Look at them kids. They love God. Their daddy didn't serve the Lord. But Mama... And her switch made sure them kids were good in church. Sometimes we need mamas and switches. Sister Aurora, I could almost imagine you with a switch in your hand. Maybe Aaliyah needs to sit by mama once in a while. <laughs> She's up here mouthing off. <laughs> But in here, you don't, when you say amen and you worship God, you don't have to worry about an usher stopping you from dancing in the spirit. As long as your worship is to Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about anybody stopping you. When you get to horsing around, you need to be stopped. But when you get to worshiping Jesus, you don't need to be stopped. The devil says he he wants your praise. You don't have to give it to him. Refuse to give him your praise. And sometimes refusing to give the devil your praise is by way of giving God your praise. Saying, I'm going to grow, I'm going to grow, I'm going to grow. You have a song for growing? Would you stand? (laughs) Just read the book of Acts. We are still the same. We worship only one God. Jesus is his name. We are apostolic in every way. You clap your hands for this one. I am not ashamed. Just read the book of Acts. We are still the same. We worship only one God. Jesus is his name. We are apostolic in every way. Yeah, verse one? Verse one. we been to get wild. Let our hair hang down. Drink till we get merry. Rolling on the ground. We cranked up the music. We've danced all around. We've shouted hallelujah till God's glory came down. Oh, it's just our style, the way we do our thing. We're the Pentecostals baptized in Jesus' name. Sing it louder. Come on, we need help. We are Jesus' is his name, we are apostolic in every way. This is okay? You okay. ready? Verse 2. Something crazy, others think we're strange. When I've got the Holy Ghost, I cannot complain. Exciting than a party, it's higher than a drug. It's the greatest feeling being washed in his blood. You're tired of tradition, religion's done you wrong. If you're feeling dry and empty, no longer have a song. I'm a Pentecostal, I am not ashamed. Just read the book of Acts. We are still the same. We worship only one God, Jesus' is name. We are apostolic in every way. <laughs> Things for you can change. There's millions on the way. They're leaving their dead churches for this Pentecostal faith. If you're fired up tradition, religion's done you wrong. If you're feeling you. I'll let her do it. We are still the same. We worship only one God. Jesus is his name. We are apostolic in every way. I'll just leave this singing to you. It's a whole lot better. Let's praise him. It brings growth to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have a seat. We're getting to kid number 4. I was going to actually have this as a series on Sunday morning. Aren't you glad I didn't? <laughs> we'll get you out of here before midnight, don't worry. Kid number 4, her. He's the son of Judah comes in, he, he comes awful important here, the fourth son uh, it 's very important. his name means white. it gives the connotation of white linen, which is a point of purity. praises has the power to bring purity and holiness in our lives when we start seeing people having problems. And, and, and not living holy and trying to justify some of their slipping and some of their sliding. Uh, I can understand while, while, we're not having, um, while we have a problem with holiness, because I, I can understand why this becomes a problem. <clears throat> because we're, well, the whole thing is we have a problem with praise. It's not a problem with holiness. It's not a problem with the Word of God. It's a problem with praise. We're withholding our praise. We're backing up. We're backing off. And, and we're withholding our praise. Anytime you start to withhold your praise, you're going to start to slip a little bit. You're going to start sliding because if you start withholding your praise, it's going to suddenly. It's something is going to draw you away. The world is going to draw you closer, and if the church is not drawing you closer. Uh, So David said, let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. Right. Um, He he understood that when we begin to praise, it helps our priorities. When we begin to praise, God becomes a priority. How many times have you had to just you just had to stop everything and just praise God so you could reprioritize your life? Anybody ever, ever have to reprioritize your day? Uh, Sometimes your day is going and and suddenly your day is starting to get a little chaotic and a little out of order and stuff. And you say, I I just got to stop right now. And I've just got to reprioritize. If I can start praising God, I'm going to be able to reprioritize a few things. I think I need to take a praise break, so to speak. And I need to start praising God. I need to say, God, I just need to get my eyes focused back on you. If I can get focused back on you, I can get focused back on the day. And I can get focused back on the things that are important to me this day. David everybody thought david was just a little bit radical when he began to praise god but david was very privileged he had he had a privileged spot in the kingdom of god now i don't want to i don't want to make it sound like like we ought to be worshiping david we ought not be worshiping david but you think about king david and his privileged spot in the kingdom of god in in israel right now in jerusalem there is a tomb to david you're not going to find a tomb to Moses. You're not going to find a tomb to Abraham. You're not going to find a tomb to, to Isaiah. You're not going to find a tomb to Hezekiah. You're not going to find a tomb to any of the other kings of Israel or Judah, but you will find a tomb to David. That is how much God impre- God was impressed by David's praise. He wasn't always impressed by David's lifestyle, but he was impressed by David's praise. The, 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 the Israelites, Israelites recognized that the majority of their battle, were won because David scared the life out of the enemy and mostly how David scared the life out of the enemy is that he praised God this is why Islam strikes so much fear in people is because they scream out Allah Akbar They, they try to they try to give their God praise and some people that don't know Jesus Christ would be scared by that if they don't know Jesus, they'd be awful terrified by, by somebody saying something about praise to God. But, uh, but we, we know Jesus. So while they might scream out, Allah Akbar, I'm going to say, Hallelujah, Jesus. If you can give praise to a God that doesn't exist, I can give praise to a God that definitely does exist. I'm not going to let I'm not going to let your way of praising your unknown god, your unliving god, your dead don't, dead God, you're your non-existent God, I'm not going to let you strike any fear in me, I'm going to worship the one who came back to life who resurrected, who's coming back and giving me life again, I'm going to worship the one who's actually going to bring me to heaven and his promises are a whole lot better than the promises that you have, that have, have absolutely nothing to do with anything I'm going to praise the one that's worth praising, hallelujah we need a worshiping church, because because Somebody might just mock you, but they can't mock the God that is doing the miracle in you. David lived with a deadening critical spirit in his home. He lived with a wife named Michael who saw him dance before the ark. She mocked him when she came home. When he came home, how how dignified you look today. She made fun of him. She ridiculed him. But there's some powerful principles here. Worldly spirit will always be critical of a Holy Spirit. Worldly spirit will always be critical of a divine spirit, of a devotion to God. A worldly spirit will want to shut down your praise. A worldly spirit will never understand why we do what we do because of Michael's actions God dealt harshly with her her womb dried up as she was unable to bear children if you let a critical spirit get a hold of you your praise will dry up it'll cause you to dry up spiritually you cannot under any circumstance let a critical spirit get a hold of you it'll try they critical spirits will try so desperately to get a hold of you but it'll drive your praise into the tombs it'll cause your spiritual womb to be barren some people have allowed a critical spirit to grip their soul we have to defeat that spirit We have to defeat that. We cannot allow a critical spirit defeat us. We have got to defeat the critical spirit. Don't say, well, that's not my style. It really doesn't matter what your style is because your praise isn't about you. It's about him. It's for him. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord and Savior. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. The devil wants us quiet because God inhabits the praises of his people. So he wants you quiet. Say, well, you don't know this horrible situation that I've got going on. Why is it we're so loud about our problems? but we're quiet about our solution. Why is it our problems get more attention than our solution does? Some people suffocate spiritually. They suffocate. <clears throat> But something needs to get us up and get us moving. Sometimes we need to get up and we need to move to a different chair. So that we have freedom to praise. Sometimes we just need to get up and move towards the altar and just spend our time at the altar. Not worrying about what's going on. Sometimes it's scarier to look into the chairs than it is to look on the platform. We need to, we, we need to not let anything suffocate us. When the devil slides up in, alongside of us, we just kind of get, get up and say, ah, No, not today, devil. Not today. Our God is not a restricting God. He's not restricting us. You can praise God anywhere Amen. in America. <clears throat> now, now when, when, if, if when the Holy Ghost starts to move, you feel something tightening you down, you might want to just recheck and say, uh-uh, I just think that's the devil's messing with me. And you've got to let loose. When when you feel like breaking out breaking out, and breaking through and you feel something hindering you, that's the devil. When you feel like standing up and worshiping and you feel something just holding you down, that's the devil. When you feel like raising your hands and, 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 and you feel something squeezing your heart and you just fold your hands and you fold your arms, that's the devil. When you feel like getting out in the aisle and dancing and, and you battle with your breath and now all of a sudden I just can't, breathe and I'm having a panic attack that's the devil you just need to just recognize uh huh you need need to take the same advice that I took from my pastor's wife you know what you want to do you just do it don't wait for Sister Green's bony finger to come all the way to Onalaska you have to take dominion over it if the demoniac in Gadara could drag a legion of devils to Jesus to get free I think I can lift my hands and praise God. Yeah. I think I can let let some praise pour out of me. Mm-hmm. The devil hates praise. He hates praise because it loosens his grip. Praise God! Would anybody want to stand right now and just start praising God just a little bit? We're not. We're almost done. Come on, we're almost done. I'm just trying to keep us exercising a little bit here tonight because if if we're ever going to get anything out of church, we're just going to have to give everything to church. Do you have a song about this at all? Purity, knocking, fighting off the spirit of worldliness, having a cleansed heart. you have a song about that? Go ahead offer God some praise right now. Jesus. Ha. Jesus. Remove the right spirit. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Go ahead, make this a prayer. Make this a prayer. Oh Lord, I pray, Jesus. And renew the right spirit. Jesus. Hallelujah. This was David's prayer. It's David's praise. We got, we got, let's hurry, let's hurry, let's hurry. Judas fifth and last son, you can be seated. Showball. Showball means a place of overflowing. The Hebrew root word implies to us that it is as the flowing of the train of the wedding gown of the bride. Praise is one of the preparations for the bride. Now, now, when the devil shows up, it's usually just to, to, in a way it, he usually shows up in a praying church. When the devil shows up, he doesn't show up in a church that's not praying. he doesn't show up in a church that's not worshiping. He already has a church that's stopped doing anything for God. so why should he bother bothering them? So he only shows up in a church that's already praying. he shows up in a church that's making an impact. He shows up in a church that's worshiping God. he shows up in a church that's having revival. The Bible tells us when Paul and Silas went to prayer. The spirit of the devil showed up. The thing that hell fears most is a praying church. The devil doesn't care if you come to church as long as you don't pray. He doesn't care if you give in the offering, just don't pray. He doesn't care if you, the thing that hell fears the most is a praying, worshiping church. He doesn't want you to break free. The last thing that he wants is for you to live in a place of overflow. He doesn't want you living in an overflow. He doesn't want you living in a place where, where God can move move freely they're, they're the Bible tells us in Isaiah twelve three. therefore, with joy, shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation to live in the overflow is to constantly have a flow of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. If we are going to go any further, we've got to understand this about praise. We've got to understand this. If I'm going to go any further with the Lord, I have got to understand that Jesus wants to overflow in my life. He doesn't want me singing a couple little songs, clapping my hands and sitting down and just waiting for the message he doesn't want that he wants me to overflow he wants me just he he wants to overflow in me anybody ever pray until something overflows in you it's an amazing thing so many people today they don't do that anymore they they pray until they get tickled or they pray until they have a little tear. But they don't pray until there's an overflow. They don't worship until there's an overflow. They don't praise God until there's an overflow. Uh, most of the time in church services, we're, we're trying to rush and we're trying to get everybody in. We're trying to get everybody out so that we, we don't allow time for an overflow. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of times when you can't, you can't determine when there's going to be a flood. Floods come at very inopportune times. I mean, we live right now with, with, with a pretty high water level. We didn't say, hey, well, hey, wait a minute. Um, we're just going to plan for this. I mean, we, we can kind of plan that we know that something's going to happen. We know this and that and the other. And, and we've got the Army Corps of Engineers that tries to redirect the river and take care of the river and, and, and raise the river up and drain the river down and all that. But the, the truth of the matter is the Mississippi River is the only thing that they can tr- control. So many other tributaries they can't really control too well. We cannot control overflow when overflow occurs we can't control that we can do our best to try to stop it we can do our best to try to contain it but the truth is if god says i think i want an overflow we can't stop it we can't tell we can't tell when the flood is going to come and we certainly are not given the the opportunity to understand when the flood is going to leave we just need to just recognize i'm going to live through the flood and i'm going to live through the overflow does anybody remember in the book of judges um joshua excuse me joshua when the children of israel come to the jordan river and they're about to go into their inheritance anybody remember the jordan was so far out of its banks it was overflowing do you think god brought them there for that particular time oh yes he did he brought them at the time of an overflow he wanted them to recognize the victory you have is not because you're going to walk across a creek. The victory you have is because you're going to come through a flood. Yeah. I'll preach that some other time, but, but we've, got to, we've got to recognize if I start praising God, that praise is going to take me to a place of overflow. Okay, I'm going to conclude. This is Jerry Joe. I'm going to hold that last song, whatever you had there. But, uh, but we, we, ought to just, we ought to just recognize, if you'll stand with me tonight, um, if you'll just go ahead and stand with me. And uh, this is going to be the last time I'm going to ask you to stand up. And, uh, and so anyway, we ought, to, we ought to give the devil some of what he's been giving us lately. Anybody ever got a black eye from the devil lately? Anybody been getting paralyzed by the devil? Anybody been been getting beaten down by the devil? It's time. Our praise is going to do to him what he's been doing to us. Say, I don't know if I have it in me. You don't have it in you. Jesus put it in you when he gave you the Holy Ghost. That's what's going to do it. When we start praising God, we got to do it under the unction, if you will, of the Holy Ghost. We've got to do it with the power that's within us. We We can't just sit back and say well I'll just make it to church and hopefully something will touch me something's been touching us all night anybody remember being in the overflow before? would you gather in the altar tonight? does anybody ever remember being in the overflow? I know some of us The life that we had when overflow was going on could have been years ago and things could have changed for us physically. But there's still a spiritual overflow regardless of our physical condition. Anybody remember the old acronym PUSH? Pray until something happens. Has the devil taken praise from you? Has he taken any praise away from you? some of you know what you ought to do some of you know what's going on in your spirit some of you are feeling just a little weary tonight and I know I preached a little long on purpose I wanted to see and the Lord wants to see are you serious about walking with Him because if you're serious about walking with Him you're going to push through and you're just going to serve Him the devil wants to, wants to know if you can handle if you can handle sitting in church this long because he knows you can handle sitting in the world this long. He knows you can handle sitting in front of a TV for three and four and five and ten hours a day. He knows you can handle sitting in front of a video game for for eight to ten hours a day. but can you handle being in the presence of God for just a couple of hours on a Sunday night? Can you push yourself in praise? Can you begin to praise God around this house tonight? Around this altar, can you begin to praise God? If you can't praise God by the person you're with, move to the other side if you have to. Walk back and forth. Do whatever you have to do. But start connecting some praise to the throne of God right now, would you? Would you all, just everybody, just start connecting your praise to God. Just start offering some praise to God. Just start giving God some glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give God some time here tonight. Don't give the devil another moment. Don't give the devil another moment of depression. Don't give the devil another moment of anxiety. Don't give the devil another moment of panic. Give the devil a black eye and tell him, I might be going through something, devil, but I'm going through it with Jesus. And I'll get through it with Jesus. Come on church, begin praising Him. Come on church, begin praising Him. When's the last time you start speaking in tongues? Just because God started touching you. When's the last time you started praising Him? Without anybody trying to jack you up. When's the last time you threw your hands up? start saying thank you Jesus get a hold of somebody beside you if you have to and start praising God with a brother or sister if you're in a fiery trial get a brother and sister to go through it with you Get somebody in the fire with you. Because Jesus is going to be there if two or three are gathered together. He's going to be there with you. And He'll bring you out. And He'll bring you through. Come on, grab somebody by the hand. Start praising God. Start worshiping the King. He brought me out. He brought me. i the In the of Baha. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Grab each other by the hand. Start praising God. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs>